garbage film, the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common and you don't need to enjoy just one or the other. So we will take this movie of the week and pair it with something artier or trashier and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me, as always, is the ramen master to my dandelion, the noodles to my broth, Aaron is here. Hello, Aaron. Hello. How you doing? Noodly. <laughs> the garlic oil to your scallions. <laughs> this, we could go on and yep, on. Yep, sesame oil to... Uh, stuck on broth. Ooh, Damn. I really set you up for failure there. Like, and of the myriad things you could say, so I'm many. sure you're thinking of some right now. <laughs> I can't. Not Total blank. <laughs> this week, we're talking noodles. We're talking broth. We're talking 1985's Tampopo. すいません。私を弟子にしてください。スパゲッティを3本か4本。これとサラダは <laughs> Sounds like it should have a theme song of its own. Yeah, I'm picturing like there's a the Who's the Boss theme song is going through my mind. <laughs> there's just like yes. quick shots of Naruto and putting together uh, a bowl of, of tasty food and then starring Tampopo. And she gives a little like, <laughs> like turns to the camera and hi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want it. So, Tampopo, if you're not in the know, Tampopo is the best. It's so good. Uh, so, a quick rundown of what this movie's about. This is the tale of an eccentric band of culinary ronin who guide the widow of a noodle shop owner on her quest for the perfect ramen recipe. Uh, interspersed with that main plot line, we get the, uh, that's a, like, magnificent five kind <laughs> yeah. of group putting together <laughs> the posse. a cool ramen uh, restaurant. We get the side adventures of... The erotic exploits of a gastronomic gangster and glimpses of food culture throughout uh, Japanese society. Yes. Or if you want Juzu Itami's short version of it, it's the Western Shane with ramen. That's <laughs> his short version. Boy knows how to sell. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, one of those, like, if you know it, you love it. If you don't know it, you will love it. You sure will. Just, I know that this is both front of mind for both of us, so I'm just going to mention it off the top. If you're checking out this movie for the first time, just a quick content warning. If you're not prepared for it, there is a turtle death on screen. A turtle murder yeah, on it, screen. Yes. It won't come as a surprise. You don't need to be waiting for it. They will say, and now we're going to murder the turtle. And yeah. you'd be like, oh, surely they'll cut away. No. <laughs> they don't, and it is a live turtle, and yep. they did kill it. Yep. Yep. So just just so you're prepared, just yeah. know that that's in there. So the business is done with the housekeeping is out of the way. Yes. Now we can just talk about the wonderful, cozy qualities of Yeah, It does say something for this movie that the most upsetting thing in the world happens... And yet, then, like, before, both before and after, immediately before, immediately after, you love the movie so much. Mm -hmm. So the, so the structure of this movie is so cool. I love how it's set up. You got your 
your main plot line with Tampopo and her uh, Goro, who's the truck driver. We'll talk about the cast in a minute. But you've got that big main through line, and then all the major act breaks, you've got, like, little vignettes about. And here's what, here's just, like, a little, it basically feels like a sketch movie almost. Yeah, of like, yeah. I was like, what would you call that structure? It is just, like, vignette-y. Yeah. But there is one main plot line through it. Yeah. And yeah. all the vignettes, like, they don't connect, but it's kind of like, Somebody wanders through the camera. Now let's follow them. Yeah, it's extremely tangentially related, yeah. if at all. Yeah. For, to get the Simpsons reference that I always have in every episode in early, this is just like, it feels like 22 short films about Springfield, that one that is cutting between everything, that yes. you just have like yeah. the loosest of uh, tie together. The flimsiest possible excuse to, yeah. Yeah, or Mr. Show, if you know your, your Mr. Show's sure. the same connective tissue, yeah. or it's just like, and uh, this is this will get us Barely. into this one. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said a specific keyword. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little meandery movie and it's it's great. Yeah. And it's like it is very much touted as this is the the noodle western, which it is so much, but it also feels like it shouldn't work. Almost <laughs> like none of the music choices are like no. it's all just vaguely archetypal and that's kind of it. It in the structure alone and in no other thing yeah. except for like little minor details. Like I honestly me, I of all people, watched it and I and later found out it was like a Western. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, okay. Just like, Even though I'm I'm the first person to just point at something and be like, that's a Western. <laughs> and you're over there crying like, not everything's a Western, and I'm pointing at you, Western. <laughs> you're a, yeah. They don't know that you're a Western. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's not, it's not like a, a genre movie in that sense. No, it feels like knowing more about Itami, which I've got some stuff to mention later on, mm. it does feel like... He was kind of like, and I think this is a western, and it'll be my little joke. <laughs> I don't, need, I don't care if anybody else notices. Yeah, it's almost like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if this were a western? Like yeah. that's how it feels. Like the only thing that really cinches it for me is Goro being the like the the stranger coming to town and then leaving. Like yes. that's and I, their truck mysteriously has horns well, on the top of it, bull horns. Because Goro means bull. Oh, does it? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll accept that. Let's just talk about what puts this movie together. Directed and written by Juzo Itami, which is the, this is the only Itami movie I think we've both seen. Is I think that right? so. Yeah. I really want to watch more of his stuff. Yeah. Um, to give you a quick rundown of, of like biography and three bullet points. Give it. His dad was a famous satirist and filmmaker too. So like he comes by it. Uh, <laughs> Nepo baby. Come through. <laughs> Sometimes it's good. Uh, he was originally an actor, so he gets along with all of his actors really well. So he nice. worked with, like, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, Nagasa Oshima, Nicholas Ray, Kane Chikawa. He was one of the leads of Lady Snowblood 2. Oh, shit. So, like, he he worked. He put yeah. in the goddamn acting time. All right. Um, but his directorial debut was the year before Tampopo, was the funeral. And then okay. he comes out with Tampopo. So this is like real early days for Itami. He wrote and directed every one of his movies. Sure. I think he only did 10, ultimately. But uh, something around that number. But yeah, he's a real, like, his own voice kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the perfect, like, it's not your first movie. Rare is the debut that's, like, perfectly formed. Yeah. But, like, the, the second movie where you're like, okay, this went well. I have, like, I have a love for this material. And I'm not yet ground down by, like, yeah. you know, studio interference <laughs> or whatever. But one of his producers was, like, I think, uh, uh, Biscuit Maker. Oh. Um, <laughs> 
Yes, please, please don't pause. Me. <laughs> or like like a corporate um, food stuff oh, okay. maker. So okay. like he was kind of studio-ish and not studio-ish, but it was very, it's very funny listening to the producer interviews that are just like, I make food for a living. I like bankrolled the first picture called The Funeral, which was very good. And then we decided to make a food movie. It's like, it's funny that you got picked up before the food movie, yeah. Biscuit Maker. You should have been, yeah. You knew. You knew. That's yeah. adorable. Uh, so he is in this movie, you might ask. I do. I uh, do ask. We got Tsutomu Yamazaki as Goro, who I don't know for much else, but he was a big Atami guy. He's in most of Atami's oh, yeah. movies. Yeah. The two leads, right? Yes. Him and her. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, Tsutomu got his trucker's license for this role, like he studied for and got his <laughs> yes. trucker's license. The Sandra Bullock of, of uh, <laughs> their times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he like finished his test and he passed and he went up to Atami and he's like, and Atami's asking, so how was it? How'd it go? And his response was, it's comforting to see so far ahead. I see like how truck drivers are like real <laughs> calm, laid back guys. Real zen people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Atami was like, oh yeah, you got it. You're super invested. You know what's up. <laughs> He's like, I just thought this was funny, but now I'm into it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and so cute. Uh, the other lead, Tampopo herself, Nobuko Miyamoto. Um, I don't know if you know this. Tatami's wife. Oh, I didn't know no, that. He, he's a confirmed wife guy. She was the star of every one of his huge movies. Huge wife I think. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, adorable. Confirmed wife guy in a huge way. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny too, because half of the plotline is like. She overhears people being like, that woman's too mousy to, like, bring in, you know, drive customer sales or whatever. <laughs> she but, just has to hear people shit talking how yeah, she looks. But I do feel like everybody comes out of Tampopo being like, I would die for Tampopo. I would kill or die for Tampopo. Yes, it's just him 100%. being, like, putting his wife on a pedestal and really, really like, <laughs> check it out. Look at that. Huh? <laughs> Isn't she great? And I didn't, I didn't take down the actor's name, but the son, Tampopo's son, is mm. his and... Nobuku's Oh, son. very so, like, cute. Okay. This is a family affair. Oh, delightful. <laughs> Nepo babies everywhere. Yeah, really. <laughs> Love that. Uh, I liked diving into the costuming on this movie is really mm. neat, because I feel like it provides a lot of that genre Western stuff where you're like, mm. oh yeah, Goro's got a neckerchief. This is what I mean about the just like little, like it wouldn't matter if it weren't Western themed or like nods to yeah. Westerns, but you do find them kind of everywhere. Nobuku's stuff is a little bit more subtle than Goro's, who's wearing, like, a cowboy hat and stuff. Yeah. But I do love that Tempopo is, like, they purposefully were like, we gotta give her the highest collar in the world. We gotta, like, make sure it's all <laughs> cinched up. We want her to be the super prim school marm. She's right. the grammar school marm. They just kept saying marm, marm. over and over. <laughs> we just learned this word and we love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I believe that. Yep, feels right. Then you got uh, the white-suited Yakuza... Ko One of our faves. Oh, yeah. Koji Yakusho. This is his first movie. He's such a baby in this. I yeah. believe that, yeah. First ever? Yeah. What a debut, yeah. folks. All right. This is, I, it's not his first time on set, but like his first like featured role, I guess yeah, you'd say. Yeah, sure. And it's like, okay, you're stepping into <laughs> the big leagues. Be a real upsettingly fetishist. upsettingly horny gangster. <laughs> yeah. And no king shaming at all, but it is uh, disgusting. <laughs> Not, I don't mean to shame, but I want to throw up in my no. mouth. No, no, no. It's just, I think, honestly, it's not even the kink itself. It's the sound design. <laughs> yeah, it is. That yeah. really pushes it over the, the edge for me of like, I just, I gotta just grip my teeth through this. So if you have not seen this movie, every this is one of those like, you never forget the image. The Criterion disc <laughs> art design is ruthlessly depicting one of the scene, the egg swap scene, oh the God. infamous egg swap scene. <laughs> 
And let me just, it's mouths. It's between mouths. Yes, yes, Swapping yes. between mouths, which is, you know, yeah, upsetting enough. Yeah, he, but it, it's, it's almost, so the, the structure of this is vignette but it's yeah. also kind of a funny little, like, you know, open the storybook where the first scene is a movie theater yeah. and he walks in with his girl and they sit down and like his goons prepare a little table with like a baguette and like a little, <laughs> you know, bowl of fresh fruit and some wine and whatever. There's like a big roast beef slab yeah, yeah, yeah. on there. Yeah. Like you don't really know where they even pulled all of it from. <laughs> Suddenly there's just a cafe table sitting in the front row of this, you know, and he leans over and he goes, oh, you're at the movies too, huh? What you eating? <laughs> so he's kind of he's kind of the the opening character of this uh, this thing, but uh, yeah, a, yeah, a far cry certainly from upsetting detective in Cure, a movie we also love very much. Very much. He's very funny in this. He's so funny. He, I think that like the we joke about you know the the sex scenes are like oh god the worst. <laughs> why why stop it what are you doing with that shrimp. Um, <laughs> But I think that it's it's so clearly done. We talk about this all the time. It's it's not parody because it's not making fun of this guy. It's just like, whoa, check this out. Like, he is no. so serious about food. Like, you believe this character exists very oh, much. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, he yeah. is violently threatening a guy in the movie theater because he's crinkling his, uh, his uh, potato, chip, potato bag. chip bag too loudly. Yeah. Um, and his, like, very, we always talk full spoilers, but his death scene in the movie is like, all, like it feel it is emotionally affecting when you see it having it, not just because Mahler's fifth is playing underneath it. But <laughs> Big year for Mahler five. Yeah. He he sets up his own death scene in the very beginning, talking about like you get your last movie, I don't want it interrupted. Yeah, um, I wanna experience these things in a pure way. Yeah. I I just wanna I just want the sensation and the experience. I don't want anything else like contaminating that yeah which is that's how he sees food stuff too obviously yeah which is so great to watch this larger than life cartoon be so grounded in like no i'm a cool yakuza guy (laughs) or in the white suit and like he just looks like a 30s chicago land guy i was thinking about like i I knew he was a Yakuza guy watching this, but then, uh, like, I think that this is a mileage may vary. If you're not familiar with Yakuza films, you'll look at this mm-hmm. and be like, oh, he's a well-to-do person. Sure. But this is the equivalent of, like, somebody stepping out and being like, see here, we gotta yeah. we gotta take care of these <laughs> these movie folk. And he's wearing, two mooks that want you to take care of him. Yeah, he's wearing a zoot suit. And you're like, yeah. oh, I understand what you are. That's I the level it. of, it's skirting parody so hard. But I love, I love this character. It's his, a well-drawn character. His death scene is so great. I love that ending. Yeah. So good. It's so good. I mean, we'll get there for sure, but it's it's a a real, like, he he can relate food to any moment of his life. Yeah. He's such an interesting, like, I think, I almost feel like that's what makes him not the main character, but, like, the framing character. Yeah. He's it, got, like, a food situation for any... <laughs> Any moment of life, even his own death. Yeah, it almost feels like it's a step away from him being a voiceover throughout the movie. Almost, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or he just kind of drops in occasionally, and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's still here. He's right. still at it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have him opening the movie, almost closing the movie, and he stops in for his little vignettes, but all the other vignettes are super unrelated, so it does feel like he's a co-lead at points, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Yuku Show. 
And then uh, just a last person I'm going to mention as our cast, because the supporting mm-hmm. cast in this is so big, I can't get No, no, it. that's fair. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we got a baby Ken Watanabe. Oh, yeah, that's true. Watanabe. <laughs> I can never remember how to pronounce Watanabe. it. You Watanabe. You have it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Unrecognizably. Yeah. So. Very smooth. Yeah. <laughs> smooth He's Watanabe. He's like here. so grizzled and stuff in his, you know, movies that people probably would know him more from, like yeah. Godzilla and stuff. And he's just so like bouncy and like, eh, I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm a cool guy having fun yep. in this. I love that for him. <laughs> he's, he's the little truth teller. Like Goro is trying to like spare Tampopo's feelings in all the conversations, yeah. <laughs> and he always like, your food sucks, girl. Yeah. <laughs> you I look just like a mouse. Know. Yeah. <laughs> no one likes to look at you, and your food is trash. <laughs> nice restaurant though. Uh, yeah. He's great. I I love that he's just, he clearly is just starting out in his filmic life, so he's not featured in any way. He just pops up. Mm -hmm. It's great. Perfect supporting character. Perfect supporting character, yeah. And we've got all our vignettes we'll dive into later. But I wanted to talk about first, the music in this movie is great. Um, There's some original music by composer Kunihiko Murai. Mm. Just a little bit of incidental stuff okay. but the majority of the music is provided by a little our little friends Gustav Mahler and Franz Liszt <laughs> our um, close personal dead friends <laughs> Mahler just keeps coming up this year as yeah. he said big year for him what's this is uh, pops up in decision to leave and Tar recently both the fifths too I didn't yeah. really yeah. but th- those same music cues used in this 1985 movie yes. which is just yeah. You know, once, staying power, baby. Yeah, once you hear Muller Five, it will never leave. That's actually probably true. Yep. Uh, but I want to talk about the list stuff because we don't get a lot of list in movies, don't we? I don't. I. It feels very cinematically uh, versatile. Mm. Maybe it's just that we, when we, when you hear list, he's a big banging on the piano guy. Yeah, um, he's a big fucking drama queen. Like, wasn't he the first? He was the first guy to, like, you know, he'd take off his silk glove and throw it into the audience, and women oh, yeah. would, like, tear each other apart to, to get at it. Uh, music historians will be the first to point out, me, like, me included, I'm in this. He's, like, the first rock star, kind of, of just, like, women fainting when they're watching him play because his hair is just Listomania. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> listomania, that's, that's right. the one. Yeah. A, real, a real term. Google just listomania. So stupid. <laughs> you will have very stupid stories to read. But his like his music kind of is the uh, the main theme of this kind of the the big like brassy um, triumphant music yeah, that happens. Yeah, the triumphant close. Yeah, sure. Is a uh, it's a piece called Les Prelude, which is uh, I just want to talk about it for a couple seconds here. Yeah, it was the final revision of an overture he like wrote over many years to something called Les Quatre Elements, oh, okay. so the four elements, for non-francophones amongst us. <laughs> Uh, the overtures basically existed to be like, this is all the music you're going to hear over the next two hours of an opera. So it was just a little sampler to like prime <laughs> your mind to be able to be like, oh, when this theme pops up, I know it's important because it was in the overture. Right. That kind of yeah. thing. Um, but I like it here because the overture is made up of four different themes that happened in the Four Elements uh, actual big piece. And uh, it's just, it's four big different disparate elements combined to make a whole new thing sound familiar what does that remind me of (laughs) it's ramen (laughs) soup (laughs) but uh the so that's neat i like that but the thing that i like a lot itami is really interested in how the music lines up with the stuff my (laughs) understanding of how this went is itami was like i want to use like prelude let's see how it lines up after he had done his final cut of the movie. Sure. And uh, there's a really cool documentary on the making of Tampopo. It's, I recommend it to anybody who likes Tampopo. Because mm-hmm. he takes a solid like 20 minutes to replay the final scene. 
of of uh, Tenpopo's restaurant opening and showing off and showing like, okay, I wanted to use like Prelude. Here's three different starting points and playing the scene with these different ones to oh, be like, okay, sure. here's how it syncs up and like. Two of the choices are like, they're pretty good, but they don't work super well. And the final choice is like, this works the best overall, but it's still not, it's probably my favorite of them, but it's not the most well-suited to all of it. Okay. But it feels like the scene was edited to the music. It kind of does, yeah. Not the case. Okay. It's just, it suits it that well. And I, I love it. There, there's a moment where they're all looking up at the new facade of yes. it and there's a, a figure that plays five times in total as you're looking at each one of their faces going <laughs> oh yeah and that just feels like oh you're hearing each one of their voices kind of internal monologue I love it it's, it's so great. cute it's very cute I feel like you might you know probably not consciously but like a good director will have that sort of sense of rhythm or the way that they want it to unfold and, yeah. and you know brains are just collections of like impressions that you've had before that was probably floating around in there yeah <laughs> yeah really cute. i'm sure because it sounds like he knew these pieces very well beforehand hmm. that's usually how it would go if you're selecting it particularly yeah that you just have like a certain rhythm in mind yeah then yeah that's so cute <laughs> thank you list thank you list listomania we got, new, we got a new another another movie that has list music in it so that I can just do a full segment on how stupid Listomania is. Is there a very bad musical biopic of list? There's gotta be, There's gotta right? Be, yeah. yeah. Oof. <laughs> and we will watch it for you, audience. I can see it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about yeah the main story. Let's start there and then dive yeah. into some of the vignettes afterward. I got some just like dumb silly facts that I like that happen. There's stuff like. Uh, in the opening scene, when we've got, um, uh, not opening scene exactly, but the opening of Goro arriving at, at Tempopo's ramen restaurant, yes. it's all dingy and he's Looks like, like shit. Yeah. yeah there's Pisken <laughs> and his, his like leather clad goons. <laughs> yeah, there. it's got a real, yeah. This, I, I don't re- know how I didn't realize it was like a little Western riff yeah. where. Like, the piano might as well stop playing as he swings the saloon doors open. Like, that's Absolutely. borderline what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. I uh, Rewinding just a teensy bit, sure. too. Yeah. We've got the opening where the gangster sort of sits down, the movie starts playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've got, like, the movie opens, it's these two truckers. And then yet another layer is one of the truckers is reading a book about ramen. And <laughs> yeah. we get this, like, you know, he's reading it out loud to the driver or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like that a lot. We're sort of dipping in and out of these layers. It sort of destabilizes your expectation of, like, a linear, yeah. just, you know, straightforward story arc right away so it doesn't feel as jarring when the story kind of meanders through different characters and, and yeah that's funny like that. i hadn't thought of that because i do think like oh the first vignette is our first sampling that but like no of course not you've got you've it's got the ramen book uh, yeah like this three-layered opening anyway yeah. <laughs> that like and so that does invite questions of like so is the white suited guy is he like god <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hmm. god's a gangster hmm. Hmm. Much have your about. arguments yeah <laughs> so we've got guest reverend today to talk about <laughs> this oh week's guest God. reverend turns the chair backwards did you know that god is something of a yakuza himself <laughs> yeah but that is a good point it, you you're destabilized immediately so that you get like once you get into a rhythm with the main story and i do think once the main story could start to feel a little slow 
You got the vignettes coming in yeah, to like yeah, hundred percent. Kick your brain around a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but I was going to mention the the when he flicks the I think it's Naruto, right? That's the little the little uh, swirly guy. Uh, that yeah. gets flicked onto Pizken's face by Goro at the opening. Um, they the amount of takes they had to do to flick it onto his face because it's you know it's somebody just off camera just like throwing it at throwing, him. Throwing yeah. And they had like the assistant director tried like dozens of times and i think they tried a few different people and the lighting guy's like let me do it and he just did it perfectly every time <laughs> this guy practices like throwing popcorn in the air and catching it in his mouth yeah. <laughs> board between takes that's cute yeah. it's very like what's he pisskin is like oh tampopo like this this place sucks ass like yeah. i you know i run a successful business move in with me and well you know <laughs> yeah he's get away he's, from all of this he's the mustache twirling silent film uh antagonist of yeah, the western but just super drunk <laughs> yeah yeah love that for him yeah and I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to talk about this movie then to go all over the place because it is so. The main story is so formulaic but gentle, where like yeah. it sets it up as Pisken is going to be the main antagonist, and then he disappears for most of the movie. Yeah, and then there's a fist fight, and then he's your friend, and then he comes back and he helps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that though. I yeah. mean, it it sets it up really well because then, like we we do get a full, you know. What is it? Goro fist fights Pisken and, yeah. and thus wins the the favor of Tampopo or whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, they wake up basically on the floor of her kitchen the next day being like, okay, I got the shit beaten out of me, like Goro and Gun both. Mm. And, and she sends her kid off to school and she's like, okay. I just, before you go, I have to ask, what did you think of my food? And, and Goro is like, well, it, you know, it has this, it has character for sure. <laughs> It's, you know, it's all right. And of course, Gun is like, basically, it sucks. <laughs> Just want you to know. And so she, please, like, take me as your, your disciple. <laughs> I have to learn about ramen. I didn't, I inherited this store when my husband died. Yeah. And he grudgingly accepts it. <laughs> and that feels like the first, like, okay, now we've, we're on our way. We've got our, our framing set up. Yeah. And they do the Rocky, like, montage. <laughs> all the montages are so, there's <laughs> so, so many funny. montages in this. I yeah. love it. <laughs> They're very funny to apply to cooking, too. Yeah. One of the exercises is just she has to lift this boiling pot of water, like, from the stove to the counter, to the stove, to the counter. And he's timing her on, like, prepping it. And then she has to, like, hands away. Stop that, you know, <laughs> pencils down. It feel, It's so heightened, but it is just like, yeah, you would need to do that to be a good and efficient cook. Like, yeah. later we got the jogging scene and, like... He's like, yeah, you, you need stamina. You need to be able to stand up for like 10 hours or whatever. Oh my God. I don't, have you ever worked, you've worked in a kitchen, right? Yeah, I was what we like to call in the business a dish pig. Dish piggy. Dish pig and salad preparer, which shouldn't. <laughs> I know. It's always that way and I don't think we want it that Never way. Never order a salad. Yeah. <laughs> restaurant salad's not worth it. Um, yeah. Well, and, and this is the like the first restaurant shift that I ever had. I thought my feet I thought I was gonna have to go to the hospital yeah <laughs> because it hurt my feet so goddamn much like I was just collapsing onto milk crates every chance I could get <laughs> by the end of it it was like five hours like it was not that hard it was my first shift you know yeah you gotta be in shape yeah or like a specific kind of in shape to work in in a kitchen yeah if you're the only person yeah. right yeah you don't even have like a line to <laughs> lean on yeah and so we- respect 
big respect. You get all the 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 montage of checking out competition and such. <laughs> uh, I guess it's not a montage; it's more of throughout the movie. We're checking in with we all. We go these back different to different. Yeah. yeah. Well, to your point, we we kind of do go through each of the elements of ramen. Ooh. So the first, like, check out the competitor thing is like the broth. Yeah. And then the second one is is you noodles. Know, noodles, and then like. What are your your recipes like? Your actual just recipes and yeah, yeah. Building it up. Yeah. yeah, and then the the experience of the ramen house itself and like the customer service is it's so like holistic and I love it so much. <laughs> we got our ragtag bunch of uh, <laughs> ramen people. We got the the millionaire's driver, the the yeah. homeless <laughs> soup preparer, yeah. the culinary hobo. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a very, a very ragtag group, for sure. As we're passing through all that, I'm going to mention, talking about getting the broth ready and checking out the competition, we've got the dream sequence. Yeah, the nightmare. Is, it's so, I couldn't put my finger on it the first time around, like, this is eliciting something, and I can't tell what it, like, it's referencing something, or it's like, oh. it fe- it's got that thing of, like, this is a dream, so it, once you're out of it, you're like, oh, that's why it felt weird. Right. But, um, the... F- the like quote unquote fight part where the goons are in the restaurant and they're like and she's like Goro help and all this yeah he's Atami's tr- trying to do like a damsel in distress silent movie oh uh, staging <laughs> is what this is supposed to be really which like knowing that afterward like oh yeah that does make sense like it feels right knowing that going through it yeah which is like he just likes referencing like the three dragons are a reference to the grapes of wrath apparently like it's all this oh. metatextual <laughs> movie reference stuff <laughs> on top of, of all the food layers. stuff yeah but what a champ grapes it's food <gasps> i get it i get it. i actually didn't get it when you said it <laughs> I, I'm not very smart. I hadn't written that down. I just thought of it. On the oh, look at you. It does feel like she's, you know, trying to get the broth right. And she has a mm-hmm. dream where she boils it too long and it goes wrong. And oh, no, the competitors are coming over to try her broth. And yeah. they say they'll, like, tear down a restaurant if it's not good. And it feels like Goro is, like, in slow motion, you know, where you're trying to run in a dream. Yeah, yeah. very much. Yeah. Trying to save the save the rom. And, like, other stuff that feels separate from reality when she's, like, spying on the guy uh, to get his broth recipe. I feel like that actually happens. Oh, I'm sure. Happens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure that absolutely happens. Like, it feels like they're playing it up a little bit to be like, no, competitors, you can't check out my... Yeah. Why didn't you finish my food? Like, it feels heightened, but also I can see that happen. <laughs> They seem very, like, cantankerous. Yeah. That is a creepy part of the movie. Like, it's yeah. a genuinely, you're like, I don't know if this is going to go in a nice direction or not. <laughs> like, he takes her into the, the back of the store, and she's like, why why are we back here? And he keeps, like, pulling her farther and farther into and the, gets, like, darkness. And he gets, like, suddenly blackout and, dark. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, no, let me out, let me out. And then, <gasps> suddenly, a crack in the store, and she can spy on the guy making his, his broth recipe. And that peeping, like, I'm just now, because I learned about the silent movie stuff and how much Atami likes to reference other stuff in his, his other movie materials sure. in his movies, is that a psycho reference? And that's the only thing I can think of specifically. I mean, like, eyes in cinema is not exactly a sparse category to, to pull from, but, but it's it the exact angle and, uh, like, yeah. lighting and everything of of Norman Bates peering through the wall to Which watch is the like, shower. A weird fetishy thing that he's doing, and all of this movie yeah. is about—not not entirely, but it's kind of talking about fetishizing everyday stuff. And... Yeah, or like transgressive. You yes, know, that's, that's more it's right. clearly not right that she's doing this. <laughs> that she's like she tried to get the recipe for from him, and he was like, "No, it's like a family secret. I I need it. I'm not going <laughs> to give it to you." And like she's stealing from him. <laughs> she is. Yep. 
but we love her, so it's okay, It's right? okay when she does it. <laughs> Good precedent to set. Anything sure. Tam Popo does is ethically yes. correct and proper. <laughs> and she's right to do it. Uh, yeah, I, so I know. there are tones. There are tone shifts in this movie, for sure. It's not just fun and happy. Lots of layers and stuff, too. Yeah. But I I think that that's why, like, there, like you say, there's turtle murder and there's the, the big one the this transgressive stuff happening mm-hmm. but you come out of this movie every time i come out of this movie I'm like what a cozy two hours to spend i know what it's a like, charming and like mm, little soft cotton movie i think it's because to your point before you're starting out in a destabilized place where you're like oh this is like layers and layers of stuff there mm. is nothing to do with reality in here you can just fully separate <laughs> yourself in a way that you otherwise wouldn't be able to yeah maybe it's that maybe it's, it's like wow that was a nice story to watch unfold yeah 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 it feels like, yeah, it feels like White Suit is reading you the a little ramen book. There you go. Yeah. Um, speaking of White Suit, I've just got a couple things I wanted to mention here. We'll talk, the vignettes feel like a whole separate thing. So this is, <laughs> this counts as main plot. Um, just I wasn't going to call you on it. <laughs> I, it's because I don't want to forget about this. So the the love scene stuff. The, sure. We'll just, Sex question mark scene? Yes. Yeah. They are. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. The whole, like, Itami's whole deal with this movie, like, it's pretty on its face, but the idea of, like, we all relate to food in different ways. Sure. We all have to relate to food in different ways. Like, yeah. it isn't a choice. Uh, sure. Life yeah. through death, all this stuff. Uh, so sex is part, a big part of life, obviously. So he was like, yeah, you, he has all this stuff saying, like, it has to be featured. Like, this stuff has to be in the movie. Mm. Otherwise, it's, you know. It would be disingenuous to suggest that. Exactly, yeah. Food and sex are not similar. So they shot a lot more stuff than made it into the movie. <laughs> and it's not me just like, more, more. I think it was just, like, trying out stuff that whatever looked best. Oh, sure, or sure. whatever was the, like, the most heightened stuff made it in. Mm, okay. All but, right. There's not, like, worse shit on the cutting room floor. <laughs> no. The, the one that I find the funniest, though, um... I didn't take down her name, unfortunately, but the the mistress, mm-hmm. she, uh, she, there's a shot where she, like, cups her, her bosom, and he pours milk in there, so she's, like, oh. cradling a pile of milk, and then he starts laughing it up like a cat, but they had to cut so much Weirder. of it because people couldn't stop laughing. When you look at the behind-the-scenes footage of it, it's, like, 20 people in the room Just cracking up. Just yeah. to themselves. <laughs> and the egg-passing scene, the same stuff where they're, like... They are doing the rehearsals in raincoats because of how many yolks are breaking. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, the wardrobe is just standing by vibrating with yeah. rage, like, stop doing this. I am running out of detergent. And I think they only did, like, one or two takes of the actual egg pass because... <laughs> I would not be surprised. Yeah, yeah, they got really good at it. <laughs> Looking at the rehearsal, it's like, yeah, look at them go. Yeah, you gotta do this, like, 80 times. It's very That's calculated. So funny. Yeah. I do love the idea. I mean, like, as it should be, but I, I love the idea of just having to do these, like, very sensual, like, intimate scenes and just, like, okay, run it again, but can you, like, just tilt your neck up, like, four degrees and yeah. just, like, really micromanage these love scenes? It's <laughs> very funny. It does look like Koji Yakusho is way bigger than she is, so it is yeah. a little bit of, like, yeah, you gotta, yeah. you can see how controlled they're being about it. <laughs> it's... Oh, God, and, like, the number of times that a, a yoke would explode in your mouth and then you just have yolk in your mouth <laughs> and I've listener never... that's no yolk <sighs> i wish i'd talked over you why did i let you do that <laughs> you could have seen on my face what i was doing <laughs> i knew you had some shit coming as if there was egg on my face oh my <laughs> i'm shutting it down that's enough this is my podcast this is more now. embarrassing than the sex scenes <laughs> 
I'm cringing harder. No, I don't. Have you ever done those, those um, like a, a hangover cure where you have like an oh. egg yolk and the fucking sriracha or whatever? No, I have not. The Like the only thing that's close to this in my mind is the original Rocky does an mm. egg chug. Well, uh, yeah. Like that's the closest. And that's... If, it's funny that those are the two that I think of because one is so tied to sensuality and pleasure, and the other is so utilitarian. Yeah. So, so like, different. this is your body is just a machine that you have to put eggs into. Yes. <laughs> That's how I wake up and think every morning. <laughs> Actually, I have heard you say that. Yeah. <laughs> put egg in it. Please. The machine needs eggs. <laughs> Launching a poultry-themed wrestling villain. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention about white suits exploits um, is a. I love the behind the scenes stuff. Mm. The his death scene. Yeah. It was done in one take. They only had to do one because Koji actually was a goddamn professional. professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so convincing that a woman interrupted. There's a cut to the to the mistress yeah. running, and then cuts back to him. Yeah. They were planning to have it all go in one. A woman ran up and was like, oh my god, God. a man's been murdered. This (laughs) gang, with the cameras and everything, is murdering him. (laughs) Ma'am, are you aware of what a gun is? So they had to stop for like 20 minutes. To convince her not to call the cops? Yeah, and she was not convinced ultimately. They were like, just keep an eye on the news. This is very, it's middle of the day, you can see the rain stuff. You can be a witness, like, just stay on call if you think it's <laughs> yeah, that important. Yeah, just, just stand here for, like, ten minutes, I promise. And they were like, he's okay, and she it was like, why isn't he getting up? And they're like, for continuity, he has to stay still. Yeah. <laughs> he can't just, like, give her a little wave? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> he was trying to, like, open his eyes big at her, and that's yeah. about as much as he could do, because oh they kept the camera rolling the whole time. Oh, okay. He yeah. is just laying there, his core temperature is plummeting because <laughs> oh, he's soaking wet. It's in the rain, yeah. And a woman is so convinced. That's yeah. awesome. And then he launches into his speech about hunting wild boar. The funniest, but also most touching, like, sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Bet you'd like that, huh? <laughs> Blah. <laughs> it's such a good, this is what I mean, though, too. Like, it's such a good, like, he's dying, he's bleeding out. And he's been shot in the belly, like, many times. Yeah. We never see the people who shoot him either. It's just like a oh, obviously he would get shot because he's yakuza. Exactly. Yeah, it's just very like that doesn't even matter. And he's talking about when you kill a wild boar in the winter, you slice its belly open. They just eat yams in the winter because yeah. that's all there is. And you can, if you do it immediately when the boar dies, you can make food out of its death. You can make yam sausages yeah. by pulling out the entrails that are full, filled with yams. And he's got this, like, smile on his face, and you can tell it's just, like, the most amazing... Like, you, he wishes someone would do that to him. Mm-hmm. He just is, like, so enraptured by this idea. Yeah. Just, like, he's got a food for everything. It's that, crazy. I love that scene. I love it so much. And the, the then going to, like... Don't cry now on my movie. My final movie is starting. It's yeah. just such a like, ugh. Oh, that's, ugh. yeah. And and the Mahler gets interrupted by the circle wipe or whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. <laughs> The fucking Looney Tunes transition. Yeah, it feels so like, and that's a wrap. And we're done with white suit. 
Bye. His segments elicit the most emotional <laughs> range from me of, yeah. like, so touching and beautiful and, like... Upsetting as fuck. But, like, the respect for, like, what a well... It's not even a well-written character because he is super one note, but it is such <laughs> a deep one note. Yeah. It's a very affecting one yeah. note. Yeah. Like, cutting back to... We see him pay off an oyster diver for oysters mm-hmm. earlier on. And, like, in my mind, that's his, like... That's his awake. That feels like the the prequel to his introduction. Oh, to like, you think it's before? I take that as this is how he establishes his fetish of like. Oh. Yeah. How I took it, I that makes total sense. As like, oh my god, like there's you know, like upsettingly young girl, but you know, mm. um, a oyster diver and like brings this like living creature out of the sea for him to eat, and he accidentally cuts himself, and there's like blood, but he's eating. It's salty, like. Just, yeah, total, like, you could see that being a, uh-oh, I, I better, this better not awaken anything in me, you know? Uh-oh. The way that I took it was kind of like, he's got this very, like, life-affirming and, like, mm. joyous and pleasurable, like, scene with his girlfriend where it's, it's you know, the life of food. Mm. And then this is the death, like, mm. of food. This is his arc into, oh, this is what's going to kill me. Or I'm, I'm going to die and this is a human experience to have. Actually, and no, he's, I, like, not sad about it when he dies. I like that read of it because I think the next time we see him is when he dies. So, yeah, a- after so. that one. So, yeah, that feels... That feels right. Just my take. I like your take more than mine. Mine is too too narrative. Yours is more thematic, so I like that. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) AKA, I didn't think about where it was happening in the timeline. No, I'm just... I'm one of those goddamn lore junkies. I need a thread! I need Tampopo lore. (laughs) This movie is just Tampopo lore. Yeah. Yeah, white suit. R.I.P. Yep, we love him. And the like, the only other big part that I wanted to like highlight in the main plot of it all is mm. our our homeless gourmets. I love this. Yes. Uh, this is such a culinary a, hobo gang. Yeah, it feels like the hardest that Itami goes on. The like things aren't important if you can enjoy life and mm. the, the the basic stuff that connects us together. Sure. And also, humanity. I like it too because the rice omelet bit is uh, a Charlie Chaplin reference, apparently. Oh, really? Through all this, that, that's sure. what's okay. going on here. Um, <laughs> they sneak into a kitchen to make a rice omelet, like very skillfully. Too. Yeah. yeah. And that that rice omelet stuff, that was the crew's favorite food that nice. got done. Because look at that, it looks great. Oh, it's such a comfort meal. Yeah. Yeah. The They, you know, had honest chefs doing the chefing work, obviously, because sure. yeah. it looks great. It was a... <laughs> relatively famous chef named Kikuchi that's his hands making it in the movie of a uh, relatively famous Taimaiken restaurant is what it's called and to commemorate this movie after it after it launched this is just like a permanent thing on the menu after uh, to order like the rice rice. tampopo (laughs) it's called the tampopo omelette I think which is like very adorable and I love that but also the song that they sing to their master is so sweet the setup is so funny so there's this like Goro's like, I know a guy. We gotta get a guy to... Oh, what is it? even his... his uh, to talk about broth. He's the broth maker. He is the broth maker. Okay, yes. Where he's like, okay, we gotta go. I know a guy. And he goes to this, you know, homeless camp where Master, 
this this older gentleman is residing <laughs> and his like army of hobos <laughs> that all fucking love food and their thing is they like scrounge outside fine dining establishments yeah. and they're like oh like a bottle of you know 85 Chateauneuf de Pop or whatever they oh there was a quarter left astounding as you know 85 was a particularly dry year <laughs> everyone said it wouldn't be good for the harvest but you leave it to age for a little bit this quarter of wine delectable just like an amazing and like they're so charming and they take you in so there's they're so great Tim Bobo immediately just like sends her young son off with one of them. To yeah. Like, yeah, go make him some food. Feed my son. They're so disarming and lovely. Yeah. Yeah. They're all very adorable. And the thing that I, so this, the whole cadre, except for Master, is a chamber choir. Sure. So yes. they're the ones doing this thing. And contrary to how it would normally be done, their song that is captured here, that was just recorded in that take live. It wasn't oh, like sure. a studio thing afterwards. Yeah. Because they were like, no, there's no emotion if you do it that way. So we want to have the <laughs> honest emotion of the scene come through. Singing farewell to him as he goes off to hell. Yeah, it like literally off. brings a tear to my eye every yeah. time. It's yeah. so, it's just such an earnest, sweet... Um, it's talking about like until we meet again kind of a yep yeah and like thanking them for it's like ode to an old master or ode to an old teacher is the mm. name of the song nice. which it, it is just like thank you for teaching us we'll see you again soon we'll it's take your so, lessons with us yeah it's yeah. so kind and really charming <laughs> <laughs> It's another, you know, another food aspect that's just, like, this can create a real sense of community and of, yeah. like, discovery and learning and tradition and, you know. It's the thing that brings them together, and I like the setup of it feels like all of the members have, like, their own specialty. Sure, yeah, there's the wine guy or, yeah. like, the meat cut, like, you know, the pork guy. Yeah, he's the... like, I wouldn't eat these, but I, yeah. I can't recommend <laughs> the them. The quality has really decreased <laughs> since they started, like, breading with corn instead of with flour or whatever. <laughs> uh, it's so great. Mm. I love it. It just, it's so, hammers that point home so much of just like, who needs stuff? Yeah. <laughs> when you can just hang with friends and have a good broth. Honestly, except for like, you know, you get athlete's foot and you're just done for. Except for that element of it. That seems like a lovely way to live. Yeah. Just like, yeah. yeah. Japan's a warmer climate than where we live. True so. that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to talk about in the main thrust of the story? Because I'd love to move on to vignette stuff, if not. Oh, uh, the main story? No, not really. I just, I like the, um, yeah, I like how naturally they kind of pick up their, their whole posse. You know, <laughs> you've got Shohei, the driver of, like, the old man that, the old rich man that they save from choking in a restaurant. Yeah. Gun's just holding him upside down and, like, shaking <laughs> him like he's trying to rob him. Uh, Yeah. There's that guy. There's Pisken, who was the antagonist from the beginning, but he's like, I just want to see Tampopo succeed. We grew up together, yeah. and it's frustrating to me that she's not doing well, but here you are to help, so, you know. And this is another way it feels like Western-y, of like, when Goro leaves, the implication to me is Pisken and Tampopo are going to, like, get together. Oh, do you think so? I do think so, because okay. I feel like it's the... She wants the the exotic out of town stranger, and it's kind of like no, I I can't settle down and put down roots. I mm. gotta keep traveling the old island, uh, <laughs> the old east. <laughs> uh, and she is left with this is my working class life, like the kind of like you leave the small town and the saloon owner is left with the right livery stable person who's like a rough working class guy, but deep but down make he's it work. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not so the great love of her life, but yeah. Know. Yeah, okay. My my little, my wish mm. of thinkies is that he will, he'll be back in that stretch of town mm. sometime soon, you know. Maybe. 
Who can say? Who can say? Ride in the open road. And I, I just to like hammer home my Le Prelude love some more, I love how well it fits the send-off of our Magnificent Five. Yeah. Of, of like watching the old, it's got, everyone's got such a whimsical look on their face of like Goro <laughs> looking at the old man going off with his bicycle and Shohei getting in the car and giving like, it almost feels like TV credits closing. It feels like, yeah, turn to the camera and like, that's Shohei. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it would be like and featuring yeah, Shohei. Special guest Shohei. <laughs> yes, it does. It's great. I love it. <laughs> it's very it's very theatrical, but mm. in like a totally earned way. I, I yeah, feel like. yeah. But it does help again, I'm repeating myself a ton this episode, but it helps heighten it away from reality. So you're like, ah, sure. what a nice story. Like people don't actually leave the restaurant this way. This isn't a thing people <laughs> everyone insane. waits for everyone else to do their little exit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very theatrical. Well, for the vignettes, the vignettes are all cute and fun, but I'm sure you have a favorite. Do you have a favorite of the vignettes? Oh, gosh. While um, you think on that, I can run them down if you like, just to Yeah, like, give, me a, give me a rundown. We have the opening movie theater business, like you said. We've got the business people who are embarrassed by the youngster. We've got Spaghetti Club, which is very funny. <laughs> We've got, uh, if you count White Suit, then he's got the erotic adventures of White Suit. <laughs> which is a good anime name. Yes. Rice omelet kind of counts as one of these, I feel like. Sure. We got more erotic adventures with the egg passing. Right. We got the toothache guy. Oh, yes. Right. Uh, we've got lady squishing food. Uh, the cat <laughs> oh, and mouse. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. And the layered con men. The two different con men right. trying to con each other. Yes. That's and then right. we've got the running man to uh, the the wife's death for cooking her last meal. Yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite of those? I know what mine is. As you're saying it, I realize they're so clearly laid out in an order that's like a, an arc of life. Like it's the guy funny. just starting out in his career, the like fresh-faced intern, whatever, all the way through like this woman collapsing in her kitchen because she's just like worn out. She's done everything she can do. Because it doesn't feel like that in the watching. No, it doesn't but it feel, is yeah. So exact. Like it's it's so precise. Yeah. That it's like, how did I miss that? <laughs> This is the charm of the movie is it doesn't, it's just fun to watch. You don't like, you don't have to think about any of that if you don't want to. (laughs) Man, I have a great love for business lunch Mm. because it is Japanese executive culture is very specific in a way that like doesn't totally resonate with me. I I understand, I know that it exists, but I don't like get it, you know. All the executives have to sit at the table in order of seniority. Yep. And the most senior one gets to order first, and then out of respect, everybody orders the same thing, like, so as not to be, you know, your order was good, sir, so I will have the same thing, like, that kind of thing. Whereas what he's ordering is, like, not gross, but, like, nothing goes together. Yeah. Why would you go to a fancy restaurant and get, like, soup and a beer and, like, like, why, like, who cares? Why are you doing this? None of it goes together. (laughs) No, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then the intern, basically the least senior guy, clearly like brand new. He's dropping like no, he's dropping files everywhere. He's so awkward. He's got awkward. the preteen mustache yeah. thing going on, <laughs> and he knows food so well. And you can see the waiter like the thing that I love about it is the waiter going around the table and just being like these assholes. <laughs> they don't know fucking. They don't know shit about it. like. Yeah. Why would you come here if you're just gonna order a steak well done and a beer? Like, <laughs> what are you doing to me? And then he gets to this kid who doesn't it's like well you know how how are this the escargots prepared and like what yeah. is what's the sauce that goes with yeah this one and... <laughs> is it like a flour based or like and all of the other executives just staring in horror but the waiter you can see him just like oh, i finally get to like 
be a valuable part of this ordering experience. And he's like, oh, an interesting choice, sir. I will go and ask the white. Like, yeah. he's he's happy to be, like, serving this guy, which he I just He comes love. out of his shell a yeah. little bit. And, yeah. yeah, they have, like, a legit human connection for a couple yeah. seconds. I love it so much. And then there's the very funny gag where they pan back over to the executives and they're all just, like, beat red. Just steam is basically shooting out of their if ears. If this was ten years <laughs> later, you'd have cartoon steam shooting yes, out exactly. of their ears. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very charming one for me because yeah. it is just such a like, yeah, it's like very culture specific, but it's also not if you know, <laughs> it, it's understandable. It's and culture it's so specific, charming. but it's communicated so clearly, yes. I feel like. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to know. You just have to know business lunch. Yeah. Yeah, I love business lunch very much. Nice. I yeah. like. The, I love that you love business lunch. <laughs> Having been in food service, uh, I feel like I identify with business lunch yes, the most. Yes, <laughs> that's fair. Um <laughs> I want to tell you how, like, uh, it's funny looking at this vignette as the first vignette. Yes. Other than, you know, the initial setup. But it's the sure. first time that we've, like, met all of our characters and then we're leaving them we for a while. We take time away from them, yeah. And I love, so the, the way that this is written in the script is, you know, the scene with Tempopo and um, uh, doing, Goro yeah. doing their jogging. <laughs> She's wearing her sweat sweatsuit and jogging. and <laughs> Going through all that and it's describing them. And then there's, like, description of business people gather in the background and they move to the foreground. Yeah, and they kind of pass in front of Goro. And- the way that they wrote it down in Otami's like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. He wrote it down, for some reason, the camera follows them. <laughs> yeah, <I'm- laughs> hey, we'll think I about it like- later. <laughs> I really feel like you can just have the camera follow them. <laughs> But it, it, unlike a lot of the other uh, vignettes are just cut to, cut to, cut to, this is yeah. just such a nice, gentle way to be like, we're going to follow these guys it's for a, a while. Very it's very transition okay. into, yeah. And then Don't worry. follow the waiter to Spaghetti Club. True. Um, it's much more gentle and, and like, hand-holdy. In yeah, the and then they take the Spaghetti Club waiters pass by again and take that up to White Suit and Mistress. So, yes. like, there's this deep connective tissue the first time around, and then That's it true. starts just, like throwing stuff at you because it yeah. starts to trust it you. It trusts you, yeah. Um, I will, this movie is nice for that where it's, it doesn't, it knows you don't need the hand-holding after a certain amount yeah. of time. Yeah. It like sh- yeah, it shows you what the connections are and it's like, you figure the rest out. It's you get fine. it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Spaghetti Club a lot for its thematic material of just being like, yes. this is how you're supposed to be proper around food and then it's just everyone giving themselves over to like, no, enjoyed just, food. Yeah, yeah. I like the taste and I want it to quickly. Well, it's such an interesting thing, too, because it's, it's sort of the next, you know, it's not the bi- very beginning stage of food, but it's like a, oh, here's how food relates mm. us to, like, other cultures or other environmental, like, specifics. And it's very, like, in America, yeah. like, overseas, this is how you eat spaghetti, quietly. And, like, the thing with ramen is you slurp the noodles, right? And, yeah. like, no, no, that won't fly. <laughs> over <laughs> But an introduction like, of table manners feels very much like parent to child. Totally. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Where you're yeah. learning, like, here's how, okay, you're enjoying the food, but here's how you enjoy it with other people yeah like we're, we live in a society <laughs> the and then vignette. you enjoy it with other people okay all right <laughs> i'm getting a very upsetting wink i just want <laughs> you to know <laughs> oh they can hear it it's an awful sound i'm sure uh you edit it out of every episode the sound of me winking at you the world is not ready <laughs> <laughs> i think my favorite ones are either i so for thematic materials, I really like Spaghetti Club and sure. I really like the con men one. That's very funny. Of yeah. just like putting off your ultimate fate because you're like, I just want to eat a little bit more of yeah. this tasty thing. <laughs> um, but for sheer comedy, Lady Squishing Food. Insane vignette to have. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny. weird and unexplained. Part of the reason I like it is it's just like 
this mischievous kind of attitude around it. There's a little bit of like, this is what you're supposed to do in public. There's a little bit of like, but this is what I like doing. I'm not going to feel bad about it. (laughs) But also just the way that these characters are dragged. If he gets a fly swatter and swats her hand, it feels like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Yes, 100%. This is a Looney Tunes live action bit. Yeah, if they stayed on them, I feel like they would both turn to camera and then they'd be like, and that's our show. (laughs) (laughs) They do the thing where they start chasing, like he starts chasing her and... The legs just turn yep. into a circle. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And uh, just to tout the, the making of documentary again, there's some good behind the scenes of this one of Tommy directing it, and it's super funny. They're all cracking up really hard. Are they hard. having a good time? That's it good. It seems That's like they're good. all having a great time. Again, great. that weird, like, transgressive thing of, like, you don't just squish peaches yeah. in... What is it with peaches and, like, forbidden, like, you can't be doing this on screen? You can't, yeah, it <laughs> it's feels... It's a real, like, theme for movies. <laughs> it feels erotic, like all the other erotics. Like, sure, in a, but almost shouldn't... not in a fetish way, in, like, a compulsion way. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I, I like that it turns from, like, okay, you do squish fruit. That's what you're supposed to do. You don't squish sure. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> you don't squish... Bread. bread yeah <laughs> you also don't touch food that other people are going to eat like there's right, all this yes, stuff around yeah. it. i i like how just like it feels like the most oh well let's just have fun one yeah. of all of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a real like oh well let's just be silly with it <laughs> yeah i i do really i feel like the con men one has almost the least to do with food specifically but it's such a good it's such a well-written little bit it's i, like I it. think that it's yeah it's less to do with food and more around the idea of like it's it's another business lunch type of thing. Where yeah. It's like here's where here's what brings people together around food. People do crime around food, <laughs> and the very human reaction of the cop being like, "Okay, I'll let you have one more." Off to jail. Well, okay, you can eat your last dumpling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. As I don't know, it's a distraction almost when you take someone out to dinner. Mm. Then there's all those like societal kind of rules around it and expectations where it's like oh the person treating you to the meal is like you owe them and so you think like the guy being treated to the meal is going to agree to to invest in what we are meant to what we're led to believe is a scam yeah like he's scamming this old university professor by taking him out to dinner because that's a thing you would do if you were trying to butter someone up exactly literally the phrase butter someone up like you know what i mean yeah all these little unwritten rules or unspoken rules i suppose it's and it's weirdly it's weirdly opening up a vulnerability like yeah 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 you're sitting down at a table with someone it's there's there's like that's just such a specific relationship that yeah. i don't think you can recreate in other ways yeah you know like taking somebody out for a business meeting for lunch is such a yeah it's such a big thing to compare to executive business time those mm. are all people who work together and this yeah. is here is a meeting of two different minds coming together to make a contract potentially. Yeah, you're like yeah. doing business business with someone by eating with them. There's yeah. like an implicit. Yeah, we're in business together now. And here's what's beneath the surface. Dun dun dun. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's one of the ones that at first I didn't get. Probably the first. That's the one I got the least. Probably the first time around. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely took me a little bit to like. Oh. oh. <laughs> so yeah, you're you're going with uh, biz- executive lunch. It just charms me so much. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going with Lady Squish. Yeah. Food Squish. <laughs> Very surreal bit, but it's it's needed. I like it. And I just had two last things on Atami to mention that I wanted to, to to bring you in on. So like I said, the son of Tampopo is is Atami's son. Yes. And so he they. You know, he knows his son. He knows his quirks and everything. He had a hard time not smiling on camera. Yeah. And I. 
learned a cool this is a tommy's trick to stop smiling if you need to stop smiling open your eyes as wide as you possibly can and it will force you to disengage the smile muscles to open your eyes wider see aaron's doing it right now <laughs> this is not a visual medium but she's yeah. giving it a try I'm, I'm trying it out okay and it, i know it works as somebody who is me it <laughs> i can do it i just insane. look insane i could smile <laughs> and have wide eyes but you're very aware of it right yeah it hurts a lot so, yeah you know. <laughs> I have a okay. problem with I have a default smile to the point of I once in high school, I got detention for what my drama teacher thought was giving her sass where I was supposed to be in an angry scene and I was just grinning the whole time. <laughs> um, uh, so this is a trick that I'm going to roll out in the future. Okay. Yeah. When you have to look Yeah, at. if you got to like take a passport photo and I got to stop smiling. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I just wanted to give a nice quote that I feel like sums up kind of where the opening scene of the movie comes from and the idea of the heightened reality of the movie on, a, on the whole. Okay. This is a straight quote from Itami. Quote, One can only make half of a film. The other half happens in the darkness of the theater and the hearts of the audience. Oh, That's think is nice. Nice. That seems like a very, like, I'm not co- trying to control their emotional reaction. Yes. Which I'm, is where you, you've talked about this, where you feel resentful if you can tell someone's trying to manipulate you emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Whereas he's just starkly presenting, like, here's what I think about this stuff. And if you don't like it, whatever. <laughs> Go watch something else. <laughs> yeah. But it, just, like, meet me halfway and take what you want from it. It feels like a very, this is a movie I would like to watch, which yeah. somehow we have not learned the lesson that that's the kind of art you should make is just stuff that you would want to watch yeah. yourself. And that's, you know, you'll get something good out of it. Yeah. That's so cute. Thank so you, Atami. Wanted to leave you with that. Mm, that's charming. <laughs> well, if I may pick up the thread, I, you know, in, in your hearts and minds, I want to know, I love a thing that I feel like you can get to know someone so well, so fast by mm. asking them about food mm. or like, you know asking them what they like about food or like this isn't a catch-all obviously like some people have very complicated relationships with food or like that they do not want to share with strangers or whatever so don't just you know wander up to people on the street but and we've seen many of those relationships uh shown in a little movie i like to call tampopo wow we should do an episode (laughs) on it But since I know that you are fine with this, I would like to, (laughs) I am going to excavate your relationship with food. I want to ask you some questions about food and and see what you have to say about them. Yeah, let's see what I think about food. This is a case where like, I feel just to like set the stage a little bit. I am a person who feels very utilitarian about food where I. And that's a relationship you can have with it. Yes. I grew up with like to overshare quite a bit, uh, (laughs) some real freak, uh, genetic stuff in my family's medical history. That meant that I was, uh, having like thousands and thousands and thousands of calories a day. Yeah. Growing up. And you're still a beanpole. Yeah. Uh, lots of like, we only drank homogenized milk at home. We uh, In bags. I would typically eat 13 or 14 hamburgers at a meal. Like that level of, I just need the most food you can possibly give me as fast as possible. <laughs> um, I would yeah. usually have six meals a day growing up. Like that's the level of bizarreness. So you, food became this thing where it is like, Oh, I just need whatever will fill me up the most, the fastest, and that I have to worry about the least so that I can put off eating for an hour and a half. Yeah. (laughs) So food was like a formula for you growing up. Like, what is the number of food I need to have to go about the (laughs) rest of my day? And I've thankfully grown out of that as I've gotten older. So it has grown and evolved. So that's where I'm coming at. Just like set the the table. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's lovely. I like that a lot. Um, as a like an arc. Mm. Uh, yeah. See, that's that's totally fair. Like, I feel like maybe teenage boys have a different relationship to food than literally that everyone is else part on of the it. planet. But we do all get that as teenage yeah. boys typically. But I, I was. I was something to behold. <laughs> you, your whole family was something else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I did not have that at all. It was very like, you know, it, like comfort foods and like the most like mm. out of a can, you know, stew or yeah. like spaghetti or these very rich like, you know, foods that you would have to. I have, I have two siblings and we we're all on the go and mm-hmm. just whatever you can serve fast, but that does like all have you like. There was never ever a meal in my childhood where like all of us weren't at the table. That was hmm. like family dinner time and we wow. didn't all have to be like we could read at the table or whatever, but that was like everyone comes to dinner. Yeah. You don't eat separately. So mm-hmm. it was a very like you know, and you'd learn to cook and you'd clean up afterwards. There were dishes and so it was a very like social event kind of a thing. Yeah. And I got lots of maritimer in my blood, so same I deal. Mean, Kitchen party is a real thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean there's a reason that like, you know, I feel like if you feel comfortable, most comfortable, like, migrating to the kitchen during a party, like, yeah. that's a very specific type of upbringing or personality type. So. Yep, that's both of us, for sure. Yes, so. yeah. Mirror timers. Okay, so given that you had this, like, you know, relationship with, with food, what's, what is your favorite food-related memory? Ooh. What's a time that you, like, emotionally connected with a food or you went to an activity or like did you know went to a place where like the food was a crucial memory for you i've got two really distinct ones in Mm -hmm. my brain so i'm gonna say both of them because you can't stop me (laughs) the first one is as mentioned growing up tons of eating constantly eating and the amount of pride i had when my uh, this was like just family barbecue stuff it was like me and my mom and stepdad and I i think that's it but when my stepdad had to go out and buy more hamburgers because I, like, there was such a <laughs> thing of pride of, wow, I ate so much that it necessitated an extra grocery trip. And I think I ate 17 hamburgers sitting there. That was not a joke example. Yeah, yeah. that was not a, it was 16 or 17. I don't remember. Because I remember we finished, there was a box for me of, like, eight frozen burgers. <laughs> and then there was a box for my my parents. And I finished my box and I needed more. And I th- so I think it topped out at 16 because it was like, we are not going out a second time for a third box of hamburgers. You can go outside and eat the grass. <laughs> oh, my God. So big, okay. big thing there. And the other one is a food that I make that I know you love. My dad was like a great cook. He mm. made all sorts of different stuff. He just liked trying stuff. And he taught me how to make this stew that is... It was the, like... That's your dad's recipe? Uh, it's not his recipe. He got it from a recipe book. Uh, but, like, that's where I know it from. Yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't um, know that. So, emotional connection there. My, I am a big fan of my dad. What am I doing? What the hell is that? <laughs> um, my dad's number one fan. Uh, but, so, he... Uh, when I was learning to cook, uh, I had a real, like, oh, I'm going to look up that recipe my dad had. I know it was in this cookbook. And, da, da, da. Yeah. and it was the first... 
everybody's got one of these. I think it was my first, ooh, I'll make this to impress somebody foods. And you were one of the people I impressed with it. Um, and it's just like a really fantastic vegan stew. Like autumnal stew. Yeah, yeah. it's very, it's not very spicy, but it's a little piquant. Uh, <laughs> and it's like really sweet potato based. It's super, it's one of those like, I made it a ton when I was a student because it was so cheap to Dirt make. Dirt cheap, yeah. You could make a huge pot of it and freeze it for weeks. Mm, and I would eat it Keeps just well. every single day for like weeks and months at a time. Uh, when I was dirt poor. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my answer. Nice. Yeah. I love that. I, my answer is kind of similar. Um, when I was like, I didn't cook a lot growing up because we didn't really ever have the ingredients in the house to just make one of something, you know, okay, because yeah. mealtimes were all, always communal. It was like, no, like you have to put the two pounds of ground meat into the chili. Like you can't, you know? <laughs> so I never really cooked until I moved out and like, I was not good at it. Once I microwaved a salmon thing <laughs> yeah. with the plastic still on it, like the way that they give it to you over the deli counter, I just put that in the, yeah. So like barely made it out of, <laughs> out of university alive. <sighs> but we used to have, you know, Dirt poor students and whatnot. And the the year after I graduated and was living here, and I lived at the base house, which was just like a bunch of base students. And we would have these, like, we called them family dinners. Oh, Do you yeah. remember family dinner? Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, the hosting house would make uh, like a big, like, you know, a buffet for, for everybody. And someone would often bring like, you know, okay, you bring eggs so that I can make quiche or whatever. Yeah. And it was a very like... We're all helping feed each other and we'll share expenses, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so the first uh, the first time that we ever had like a breakfast version of family dinner was everybody came over to base house and I made quiche oh, yeah. and I still have it written out like what timing everything <laughs> had to go in the oven and what temperatures you'd have to switch when. Made quiche, made a Dutch baby that thing where you like. You put, it's basically a pancake that you like bake in the oven so it gets all puffy and delicious. Mm -hmm. It's like beaver tails, kind yeah. of. Um, yeah, had some of that. We had like, you know, coffee and you had the option of putting Baileys in it if you wanted to. <laughs> very, very fancy for the time. And yeah, and it was just a real like, you know, I have a nice memory of like the light streaming in early morning, like the, the second floor of the student housing and everyone's just sitting around and shooting the shit and eating food that, that I made. And yeah. I, I love that very much. I love to cook for people. So nice. it's one of my favorite memories. Nice. I thought you were going to say the time you made a, a turducken. I will never do that again. That was not You're a fun memory, but it was. Night, I was up birds. until four in the fucking morning because I, the idiot, didn't realize how long it takes a turkey to thaw. A classic mistake. I will say that's the first time I've ever made anything resembling a bird, and I decided to go for turducken. So, tastes great. Never gonna do it again. I'm done. I'm good. That's fine. Yeah. Yep. No one died. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similar to, I suppose, uh, what is a food that you got sick of and you can never go back to? Ooh, <laughs> this is one of those things that you learn a lot about people when you ask these types of questions. Uh, as I recount my medical history, I literally cannot eat I didn't realize sugar anymore. Right. <laughs> I didn't mean for this to be a full like no, boxing of your. I'm I'm I, I have no, I know. I'm a big open book, and it says no sugar allowed because <laughs> I had this period of student life where I was like, okay, I will have two to three liters of pop uh, for one meal, 
and I will sleep you with heard that right, audience. a package of nibs in my in my um, <laughs> night drawer where I will just like, okay, time for bed. I brush my teeth and I'm reading a little bit. Okay, well, I'll just have some candy before I go to sleep. As one does. And I'll wake yeah. up and have some more candy. And, uh, <laughs> I Not was, sustainable? No? No. Okay. A sugar feed. I literally can't have sugar anymore because I just ruined my body on it. This will come as a surprise to everyone who knows Nick now because you are you can't eat dessert. You won't like you can't. Yeah. Nothing yeah. even remotely like sugary or treaty. Yeah. So I just I, I would say if I had to put it down to one food, it's just pop. I sure. can't have yeah. pop. No, that's yeah. My yep. I love oh, I've just been cherry cola is like making a big mm, yeah, resurgence for I fucking love cherry cola <laughs> and I have a couple of them in the fridge to try out for later like what's the Dr. Pepper cherry is but whatever um, I have a second answer too though oh okay it is an actual food that is prepared not a packaged thing is ham I'm not a big ham guy <laughs> because not a ham fan my mom would make ham all the time growing up and it's because sure. her in her family her her parents always treated ham as a really special thing. Mm-hmm. You only, at most, you maybe you would get ham once a month. Okay. And you have it on Sunday, and it was like prime rib night, and it was always like a big thing. Okay. And so for her, it was like, oh, I'm going to give my kids all the ham they oh. want. <laughs> ham every day. And me, an ingrate, was like, I don't want your ham, Mom. I'm going to eat <laughs> rebel and eat pork. Sweet potatoes, yeah. <laughs> Which is just, yeah. okay. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Really? See, that's such a specific, like, oh, that's a very parental urge of, yeah. like, my kids are going to have it better than I had it. Yep. And, like, I don't ham want wants. ham all the time. <laughs> I don't. It's just special because it was rare. That's all. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, I like that. Mine is much less. Uh, I just ate too much. The shortest distance walk um, when I was going to University of Calgary, which the music building is maybe 100 meters from the food court. Mm. But it is so balls out cold in the winter that you do not want, you'd have to get, you know, dressed up like you're trying to shoot down the thing to go to the food court. So you'd have to take a 25 minute trip (laughs) through buildings to get like all the way around campus to go to the food court. The first on that walk, the first restaurant you encounter is like a Mr. Souvlaki or whatever, like a just, (laughs) you know. And so I ate so much chicken souvlaki. And the Greek salad with, like, the tzatziki, you know, sort of sauce. <laughs> Tzatzikish sauce. Tzatzikish. So I had so much of that because I was like, I'm not walking all the way to the food court. I'll just stop <laughs> here. I've been walking for 15 minutes as opposed to 25 minutes. I'll get this and I'll go back. And I just burned out so hard on it. I can't eat it anymore. Souvlaki is a really distinctive taste that I could yeah. see burning out on. Yeah. And it's so greasy when you have it. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I understand. If you enjoy souvlaki, no, I bless you. I, I encourage that. I just can't do it. Uh, speaking of, you know, our broke student days, uh, <laughs> what's the first grown-up meal that you bought with your very own money? Do you remember? Grown-up meal that I bought with my very own money. Like a real, I'm buying this for myself and I'm spending money on food. Yeah. Not just scraping by. <laughs> that probably would have been... This is a weird example because it does feel a little scrape by e, mm. but it would be going to get poutine in Montreal mm. was okay. a real like yeah I'm gonna go out and get like that's when I moved away from home I, I yeah. moved to a different province and was in my own city and was checking at the local stuff and for the first like I lived in residence initially so I had like a food cart and all my meals were taken care of right and I like set out on a like I'm gonna get outside of campus and go and buy 
some poutine because I'm in soak Montreal. in the local culture. Yeah, and I like what fan. poutine? I that's what I don't remember. I think it may have. <laughs> I wanted to say it was a place called La Banquise in Montreal, which is like you. very far from campus. So I part of me doesn't <laughs> think it was that, but I don't know where else I would have gone that would have made a really big impression. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like La Banquise is like it's close enough to transit, and everybody knows it. It's real yeah. like. So it was a lineup at the door. Yeah. yeah. It feels right for like, I'm going to take in Montreal. I think that that's what comes to mind. I don't know how factually accurate that is. Yeah. yeah. That's the poutine I remember from Montreal for yeah. sure. Oh, so good. <laughs> Damn. Mine was, I had just, so I just finished living on my own for the first time and then I was like out of money. So I had to move back home and this was all like, you know, I still lived in Calgary. Yeah. Um, but I got my deposit back from like moving out, got my deposit of... Are you ready for what my rent was? $450 oh. a month. <sighs> boy, oh boy. Simple times. Yeah. Um, got my deposit back and I was just carrying $450 in cash like a lunatic. <laughs> and I was like, folks, we are going to Nick's Steakhouse. Oof. Because Nick's Steakhouse is like across the fucking highway because it's Calgary from University of Calgary uh, and I sat down and I got a like you know steak Neptune like I got the surf and turf <laughs> steak with the baked potato and the, the prawns on top of it oh mm, 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 so good and it felt so good to just like whack down a couple of 50s you know but it was like we're using this up That's... <laughs> like borderline I was yeah. like if anyone can't can't afford I will pay you know this about me. I love to just, like, waste my money on other people. I do know um, that about you. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's where we went. And that's that's where I was like, no adult can stop me from doing this because I'm an adult. <laughs> nice. Trick ya. Gotcha. <laughs> Feels like the first, you know, the equivalent of, like, I can just eat Lucky Charms for dinner. No one can stop <laughs> me from doing that now. Yeah. Um, the You unlodged a memory for me. Oh, Going pre-Montreal days, when I still lived at home, yes, there was, me and my high school friends would do, I don't know what with what regularity, but we all drove and, you know, we'd be out of our parents' place. Well, I was one of the main drivers, so me yeah. picking up all my friends and we'd go to, I forget what it's called, but everyone's got, everywhere has... A place like Milestones, like sure, yeah. one of those places we would <laughs> like go there. Like a Chili's, like a, yeah. Yeah, that to a high school student, you're like, uh, adults oh, dining. Oh, fine, fine dining. dining. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because they turn the lights down at 6 p.m. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Yes, 100%. Going oh and doing God. that with my friends, that that that's the memory. Because yes. I would be spending my own money doing that. And like shoving, you know, six people into a booth with your winter jackets and your backpacks and stuff. Yep. And the, you know the wait staff are just like, oh. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> yes. No, everybody there worked in food. Like, we all worked in food oh. service at that time, so we tried to be as See, low maintenance smart. as possible, yes. and we tipped very high. Stack your dishes, tip like crazy. Very yeah. irresponsible nice. of us, oh, making yeah. minimum wage at our... You are, sir, you are doing the good for the economy. You're circulating it into the local economy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, we'd... Uh, public transit is a nightmare in Calgary. Coming back from high school... The, the trip was so long to get to, the, like, the suburbs where I lived that we'd have to stop off halfway and go to the mall and, like, eat something and then continue the trip. And we'd always end up at, like, you know, Cold Stone Creamery type of, <laughs> like, marble slab place. Like, okay, cram some calories in you. All right, get back on the train. Keep going. <laughs> yes, a very, like, roving gangs of high school students mm. just looking to eat. Yes. Yeah. Need calories common, fast. Common experience. <laughs> yeah. Did I have another question for you? That's um, your. That's a question. Oh, yeah. you have to answer. Okay, just just like 
the like let's say starter main course mm. drink will emit dessert for your sake i do um, have a dessert ready to go i could do one. Oh, okay and dessert all right we'll do a little um a little off menu in mini here today <laughs> put together a meal to get to know you okay give me the the order again. starter starter a drink let's oh say. a drink drink starter main course dessert and let's say, as in the off-menu universe, you can pull these from any restaurants in the world, any mm. combination of, like, circumstances, ingredients, whatever you want. Okay. Well, then. Drink is tough for me, too, because as you may be aware, alcohol is a sugar, so I can't really... I'm uh, aware. And a poison. Them. Yes. <laughs> uh, Regrettably. So my... I, like... It's just going to be water, probably. But uh, what's a... I can't think of anything I drink that is not water or coffee. <laughs> well, okay. Then what about like, like, you know, if you were to drink a booze and it, it did not have an effect on you, what would yeah, you drink? Yeah, that's, I got to think, okay. Sh- or you can just be as simple as like, do you want sparkling water still? Ooh, what do you want? Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, no, no, no. You know what? I got it. I, the first one's going to be a spicy Caesar. Ooh, that's what we're starting look at you with. go. Okay. Oh, what? Oh, <laughs> What? You said, look at you go. I thought you said, look at Yuko, as a, <laughs> and Yuko is a type of Caesar. Um, which is good, too, Mysterious. for any international listeners. Caesars were invented in Canada. So that's, mm, uh, I'm that's true. representing us with pride because we got <laughs> clam juice. <laughs> we decided to put clam juice in it. A horrifying nation of people. Who's Do not trust now? us. <laughs> Sucking back clam juice, just like, yeah, what up? You would know it as, a, it's a Bloody Mary, just add clam juice. And then you got instead of tomato juice. Is that the idea? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's even more empty calories. <laughs> the bar I worked at used to do. Maybe this is a universal thing as well, or at least in Canada, where you'd like take a Caesar, but then like, or add a um, take a beer and add a shot of clam juice to it. I don't know what oh. it's called, but like honestly, is that a prairie oyster? Not is that, that, that bad. Is? No, that's not a prairie oyster. That is. I don't know what it's called, but it's just like. A little savory beer. I don't know. I don't I, like it. You're, you're turning green right now. <laughs> yeah. No. Prairie like, oysters are shots. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. right, right. I like my clams in two places. The ocean and Caesars. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and my wallet, I guess, because clams can be money. Ooh, baby. <laughs> the fingers mean the clams. <laughs> uh, so, yes. yes Caesar, we're starting it with um, starter. Starter is, oh God, I'm not going to be able to remember. There's a Mexican restaurant near us named uh, El Capuchano, yeah. which is the best, oh, my so favorite uh, food in Toronto. Ooh, um, okay. Opinions. And they have a starter, and I can't remember what the hell the food is called. We had it together, and we were like, on a whim, we got it. Oh, is it just the quesadillas? Just like cheese quesadilla? Maybe it was that, yeah. It's just the cheese in the bread, right? But it's like marvelous. It's just the cheese in the bread. <laughs> That's what I say. It's, it's really, yeah, that's that's what I would have as the starter. Um, Very nice. For sure. Um, and then okay. we go on to Maine from there, right? Yep. Uh, the Maine. Man, this is where I like, <laughs> as a, I consider myself a generalist, both in movies and food, where I'm just like, mm-hmm. I like everything. I'll try and eat anything and everything. Sure. So it, there's such a wide open playing field that I... My favorite foods are Mexican foods, so I would go with something uh, yeah. like a really specific kind of taco. Like, I'm just thinking of Campuchano stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just want to sit down at Campuchano. But to, like, be more representative of myself, I would probably go with something... Oh, no, you know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with the... Uh, with a really nice Thai curry, a green Thai curry. Ooh. Um, yeah. That is... Uh, I have a place in mine in Toronto called Khao San Road, sure. which is fantastic. That's my favorite version of it, but mm-hmm. you can have mm-hmm. green curry wherever you work or bank, and 
it's just my favorite, like, savory while a little bit spicy food. Yeah. Um, oh, that's good. Incredibly filling. Yeah. yeah. Anything you cook with coconut milk. Yeah. Game changer. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And the dessert is going to be uh, something that I still can eat because there's... Like it's the right almost balance. so such empty calories that it does not affect you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the deal. It's the only sugary thing that won't hurt me for some reason. Well, I guess it's because it's not that sugary. Come to think of it, it's honestly it's more fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oil um, based than anything. It is a thing that in my family we call log, and all it is is you take a chocolate wafer, you jam a bunch of whipped cream against it, and then you put another chocolate wafer. And then you just you do just that. and stack them horizontally. Until it's a log. Then you cover it with whipped cream and you freeze it for a day. Mm-hmm. And then it the whipped cream breaks down the... the... It makes the cookies a little softer. Yeah. So you can just like slice into it like it's a loaf of bread. Yeah. Yeah. Or a log of log. <laughs> you can't... It can't be both. I'm sorry. A log no. can't be the smaller the unit, unit of log. The unit and the food. Yeah. <laughs> Sub-log. Um, oh my god yeah that's my favorite dessert i really feel like every family has a dessert or like a food that they have this mystery name for (laughs) it's just log it's just log yeah and you're like that actually doesn't tell me anything about what it is but thank you i still remember going and eating at home and we had log for the first time and i like gasped and log Log. and you were like you were looking around like what the am i (laughs) supposed to react to this what's happening (laughs) yeah it's It's pretty good um, God, I'm trying to remember. My family does a, uh, it's just peanut butter marshmallow, like fudge, basically. Mm. Um, I can't eat it, but I like the sound of it. Do you want to go through your, your menu? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, sure. Drink. I really, I, I love, I'm a simple bitch and I want something that can carry me through the whole meal. Mm. I don't like to switch over too, too much. Uh, just lime soda just a so- oh. sorry not lime soda a soda with lime oh, okay yeah. so just like shh, the thing i want it to come out of the gun at the bar <laughs> and pop a couple of limes in there and that's you would be surprised how many things that goes with it goes with mexican it mm. goes with indian it goes with like you can have it with sushi you can have it you know it's really good nice that's my drink i first for a starter i feel like oh i just love these like little like a, a Christmas party I went to for a family friend like years ago. Like I'll never get this recipe ever again. I don't even know whose party we were at, but bacon wrapped scallops in this like very specific sort of sauce. Mm. Oh my god, they were so fucking good. I like see I like the idea of that being on a menu. Bacon wrapped scalloped in a specific sauce. <laughs> in specific sauce. <laughs> about the goldens really creepy um yeah oh my god it's so good and just like just it does the perfect starter thing of like just opens up your palate and you're like now i want to eat more things yeah maine is really hard i feel like ah growing up in alberta i feel like i gotta i gotta go with a steak oh yeah but it's gotta be like so well prepared and it's so hard like even in calgary to get like a perfectly prepared steak where this is like you're dealing with quality fucking ingredients you know all this (laughs) i just don't know the first time i had steak in toronto i was like oh no no we don't we can't do that (laughs) (laughs) i think it was at the keg so you know you get what you pay for for sure but Ah, yeah. I think it's just got to be like a steak with some garlic mashed potatoes. Nice. Yes. Mm, Yeah. And dessert is troubling because I feel like there are so many. I'm I'm a real like I love sweets. I'm a real sugar person. I love my desserts. 
Um, it's got to be something that like caps off the meal so well, but isn't a isn't a food in and of itself? Do you know what I mean? Like, I have trouble with chocolate cakes. Oh it's yeah, it's very sure. like heavy or I don't know. Honestly, this is such a dumbass move, but just a fruit plate where the fruit is like really fucking good (laughs) and you can you've got a little like some dipping sauces or like a couple of cheeses on the side i'm thinking specifically of taroni yes the taroni like uh our toronto restaurant i think they have some in la too but they've got this just like when when you go in the summer and like the Ontario you know fruit growing season is in full swing and you have like the perfect little like two or three cheeses nothing crazy and just have that with it it's just like oh mm, this is what food is is good for that's that's gonna be my meal nice yeah nice ta da we did that's it. charming I love that spicy Caesar I always forget that you like that that was the first alcoholic drink I ever had because I thought I was ordering a salad no <laughs> for real. Yeah. God, and you spicy didn't no i just, just you just caesar. said caesar, caesar okay yeah. right right was this like you were at the bar and you weren't sure like someone else said something yeah it you're was like i'll my, just have that my sister said oh to start with i'll have a caesar and i would love well, caesar salad so i said perfect... oh i'll have one too and they brought it i was like what is this did you grind it up what, <laughs> what am i looking at <laughs> is this something your restaurant does i was 18 or whatever uh, it is. Just... yes an episode for another time where you just like don't know what to order at the bar. Mm, yeah, <laughs> coming in, coming into yourself drinking wise. And yeah. I've had like gray hair since I was like seventeen, yeah. so I just look like a full adult. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Are you some kind of moron, <laughs> old man?" Like, no. Were you just thawed out of a coma? Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's very cute. Well, thank you for coming on food venture with me. Food journey. Food journey. I think we learned a little bit about. Uh, me specifically, and a lot about ourselves. <laughs> That's what I'm aiming for. I'm trying to slowly dox you over the course Very of good. several segments. <laughs> Putting it together, like, okay, weird medical history. Yeah. Can't eat sugar. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll hone okay, on this okay. one day. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, let's get back to the movie then and have our final thoughts before well, we move do. on to our main segment. Uh, for me, my final thoughts are honestly just that, like, it's so great how many varieties of, like, food experience we get to see and, like, mm. how people weave it into their daily lives. Yeah. And, like, it could easily... Food is one of those things that's like classical music, of which there's a lot in in the movie. Or yeah. movies, honestly, where people can be so snobby. There's this very, like, it's an art form and there there's this very, like, elite tier of, like, people who dig in and, like you know you can you can hone in forever on you know one type of thing about this art form and or you can just it can be for consuming and just like being part of the wash of your daily life Mm -hmm. like music movies food these are all things that you know that happen they have that in common but it's also like such a social connector and uh I love that movie for this, where you're like, you're rooting for each individual person, even in the movie. It's not even just Tam Popo, you yeah. like, you know? And uh, yeah, I love that about it. And it's such a funny, like, food can be so snobby. And you do see that. That's absolutely part of the food culture. Mm-hmm. But the movie itself is more just like, yes, that's a facet of enjoying this art form of yeah. food. And like, really just the the thing that the movie wants you to take away, I think, is just like, you can enjoy it on any level you want. That's what it's there for. Yeah. There's absolutely no value judgments. It just is what it is. And it's many things to many people. And I yep. love that. I love that too. That's yeah. put very well. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, uh, the thing that I like 
obviously it's like one of the coziest movies ever. There yes. is no antagonist. It is <laughs> no, the only not really. <laughs> the closest you get to calling this movie having conflict is internal conflict, which is very real, sure. but it's just not as easily recognized. Yes. Um it's probably my favorite. It's weird to say that it's a feel-good movie because it's not really, really a feel-good movie, but it makes yeah. me feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, it is. <laughs> so warm and comfy, like I said, but the all the thematic material about being how we connect to each other through mm. food and like it kind of knits community just together and like makes communities where there weren't any before. Yeah. Is is really I love that part of it. Mm. Feels very like Taking a core human experience and being like, check it out. Isn't yeah. this neat? <laughs> oh, what do you think of that? <laughs> and it's just, yeah, everybody is clearly enjoying, like, it's obviously everybody's taking it seriously. Like I said, white suit guy could be insufferable, <laughs> but it is so, like, acted and performed so well and written so well that it is just like, uh, thank you for letting me get to know this one type of person. Yes, you know that guy exists. Oh, yeah, yeah. big time. Oh, uh, I meant to look up the the phrase for... Uh, food fetish, but oh well. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm not googling that. You can. Yeah, no, that. <laughs> probably for the best, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I just I. No, I've said everything I should say. Comfy right. movie, love it. Makes me feel good. <laughs> it's so it's such a rare movie that you can sum it up so succinctly, and yet it contains like so many multitudes. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, it's almost like discussing it is difficult because you either discuss this one big overarching thing or you talk about every single tiny thing that happens. Yes. Because those are the two flavors. This is how food is as well. You could yep. just be like everyone, it's a universal experience, but also you could drill down so much on this one aspect if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's time to do our mainest segment of all where we will uh, <laughs> double bill Tim Popo with another movie. Um, I'd love for you to take us away. And I'll do that for you. Thanks so much. I'm going to pair this with another thing that is sort of like about an art form, but it's also just like not pretentious. Mm. I mean, art form in the most, you know, vaguest of ways. Sure. Where like, you know, scrappy hero builds up their, it, it is more just like, there is external conflict kind of, but it's more about just like being the best you you can be. Tampopo talks about like some people, everyone's born with a ladder and some people make it their mission to like get to the top of their ladder. Some people don't even know they have a ladder to climb at all. And you came along and helped me see that I have a ladder and like, it's not important. You don't have to get to the top, but it's that human thing of like, I want to improve and grow. Mm -hmm. Um, They're both kind of about that in their ways. Hmm. Um, Yeah. They're, you know, it builds a little community around them and we get a look at how like the art quote unquote exists in its various forms out in the world and how you can like take it or leave it but it's always kind of out there and so i'm going to pair this with another movie we've actually done on the pod which is the blues brothers (laughs) john landis 1980 nice you know what i thought you were gonna say what was kiki's delivery service oh that'd be really cute (laughs) yeah um, yeah, so it's, it's just about, you know, the, the gang getting back together again, yeah. getting the band back together, and they're, like, on a mission, and, like, yes, it, there is an external, like, driving force, but it's also about these two dudes who are just like, no, we're not pieces of shit, we're gonna get the band back together, we're gonna delight an audience, we're gonna, you know, prove that we can do it, is really yeah. the driving force, right? And it's very vignette also, in yeah, its way, say. it is a sketch comedy movie, yeah. right? But, um, yeah, it's just about, like... It, the the concert is so satisfying and like the the final opening of Tampopo's restaurant is so satisfying because mm. you see people like enjoying it as a community there's also just like funny bits and everybody <laughs> you know once the band like split they all do different things with their 
their music. Some people don't do it at all. They yep. like go the farthest possible direction away from it, which is also a reaction to doing it. And yeah, it's just about like an art form bringing people together and just like the basic of having fun with it. Yeah. You know, just like you, you can't deny you love this. This is great. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Kind of like learning to enjoy it. Yeah. Again, kind of. Yeah. Learning to enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. That's what I'm bearing it with. They, they feel very vibes based, both of them together. The same vibes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. Like, I think you can just go on vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm going to bear it with. Nice. I like that. I like that yours has a clear uh, hitting our mission statement. I'm aware of it this week, as I'll say it going in a second. <laughs> you have a very clear, I can tell which one is your arty one and right, which one yes. is your trashy one. Yes, Tampopo, considering the the arty one, just for like, it takes a little more, it's not linear and it takes mm. a little more uh, getting used to as a like, you're being presented with a piece of work. Yeah. yeah. I'm going in the opposite direction. Oh, I'm yeah. treating Tampopo as my quote unquote trashy one, just as the like. Great. Here you go. This is a popular thing. Uh, Here's a handful of stuff. Yep. Uh, I love that. And I'm pairing it with another Japanese satire mm. uh, that is just about communities and connections within the community. Uh, lots of different subplots. Uh, all just like the center point is the neighborhood more than anything. Okay. But it's a similar like there's no antagonist. It's just cozy. It's just making a few statements on life at that time. Nothing really intense beyond that because it is a comedy first and foremost it is uh yes juro ozu's good morning from 1959 hey. <laughs> um yes delightful oh, yes ozu is largely known as a dramatic guy at least those are his like most widely acclaimed movies uh but good morning is about the silliest one of the <laughs> silliest japanese movies i've yeah. seen that is still like Real characters and yes, all that yeah, that on. isn't just broad comedy. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's comedy that's very silly while being grounded in real. And yes. it, so there's lots of different subplots going on. It's basically just talking about the state of Japanese society in 1959 in terms of like <laughs> consumerism and parents and communities and what it's all like living in them post-war mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Uh, but it follows like a trio of kids who just eat rocks because I can't, because they think it's going to do something good to them. And yeah, I, can't I cannot remember what, remember what they think is happening. But it makes them so farty and there's so much fart jokes, <laughs> constant fart jokes. They, these kids go on like a silent strike at one point because they want a TV and they think that will get them the TV. Right. Uh, there's a, Plot lines about uh, local women's clubs, uh, dues gone missing, and they're trying to like yeah, gossip. Yeah, the lowest stake stuff in the world, right? Yeah, there's stuff about the the one neighbor who has a TV that's like people are tittering about in the neighborhood and gossiping mm-hmm. about. So it's just a lot of like general conversations, and it's it's very it feels like the broad like you said it's the broadest possible comedy you can do while making it grounded and real in a very ozu kind of way yes while still being like quote unquote an art movie and then you like cut to a kid eating rocks and farting like crazy yeah. and you're just like what the <laughs> hell what am i watching uh yeah so uh, if you yeah. liked this i think you will like good morning i feel like Good yeah. morning is like a quieter vibe, but uh, and less genre based. Yes, but yeah. it is it is just a nice like. If anything, you can be like, well, this is what 1959 Jap- Japanese comedies were like. This is what sure. an 85 comedies were like. Specifically going on a satire angle. Yes. Yeah, there's lots of talk about uh, sumo wrestling being very popular at the time. And sure. People being like, but that's but that's Japanese. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody yeah. trying to not mention the war type of, type uh, of yes. comedy going on. Those are very much the same. Yeah, I definitely think if you like Tampopo, 
Good Morning is is also going to be in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and just because I wanted to, like, bump up with, like, no, actually, they're related. Just talking about how they treat media. This is a, technically a remake of Ozu's own movie uh, called oh. I Was Born But Ellipses. Um, so, and it was another broad comedy okay. uh, about just like what's popular at the time and, and consumerist culture, culture, that sort of stuff. Okay. But they're just like Tampopo and Good Morning are just lazy, cozy hangout movies yeah. that like, you're not in it for the plot. You're in it to watch the individual scenes as they happen. And they're the nicest kind of satire where they're like, society's pretty silly, huh? <laughs> Isn't it silly? We're all trying our best. Yeah, look yeah. what we do every day. Some people take it uh, farther than others. Neat, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of that? I agree. <laughs> yep. Let's all have a laugh and then say Part good morning and rocks. have some rama. Yeah. <laughs> Ramen. <laughs> Ramen and rocks. Ramen and rocks. There's, my, there's the double bill name on the marquee. Hey, there you go. Ramen and rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's charming. I like that. Nice. Hey, Japanese double bill. Yep. Uh, I thought I would keep it in that sphere. And it's the first time we've really brought up Ozu on the pod. I think I'm more of an mm. Ozu guy than Yi. But that uh, we can talk that out in another episode, maybe. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that. Dun, dun, dun. a little teaser for nothing planned in the future. Yep. <laughs> Don't take anything from this because we do not have plans. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that'll wrap us up here for this episode of Garbage. Please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. Yes. Why not all of them? Uh, and find Think us. that your day. <laughs> uh, we definitely appreciate if you go through the trouble of leaving us a nice review. Uh, help more yes. people find the show because more people need to talk about Tampopo and know about my weird family medical history. Erin, <laughs> uh, where can the people find you online? They can find me uh, at Macklebase, M A C L E B A S S. Uh, and you can find me at Dick Arnavis. You can find the podcast itself at Gartbidge Film. Nope. Nope. I always get it wrong. <laughs> at Gartbidge Pod on yes. Twitter. There you go. <laughs> and Instagram. One of these days. <laughs> at get Gartbidge Pod on Instagram and Twitter. How's that? <laughs> so hard for you. So hard. I gotta go lay down and have some ramen. <laughs> and uh, please join us next time for another pile of Gartbidge. <laughs>